Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. You're listening to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. Tune in every week to hear honest conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. My mission is to provide you with the tools, guidance, and motivation to help you navigate through recovery and expand your personal growth. Thank you so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome. I am your host and Sober Girl, Jessica Jabot. On this week's episode, I talked to Martha from Recover Out Loud. Martha plans and organizes fantastic events in the recovery community. On this episode, she shares her recovery journey and how she refuses to be silenced by shame and stigma. Martha shows us how to step into your voice and recover out loud. So let's get into it. All right. Hi, Martha. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you about Recover Out Loud. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's really been a passion project and something that yeah. uh, evolved over my first year of sobriety. Uh, I celebrated cool. one year on January 1st. Amazing. So, yeah. Well, congratul- <laughs> congratulations. Um, Thank you. Where, let's back it up and get like your history. Like, where are you from? Yeah. Where did your recovery journey uh-huh. start? How? When? Why? Yeah. yeah. Let us know. So, um, basically, I was born in Kentucky. Uh, okay. My parents. I'm from a very dysfunctional family. Uh, my mother is a narcissist, and I'm okay. a scapegoat. I am what they call a scapegoat child of a narcissistic, narcissistic mother. Ooh, what does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) Basically, I was born to be the black sheep. Okay. So everything is always my fault. I can never make her happy. I can never do anything right. I, Mm -hmm. you know, um, she, you know, she's attempted suicide. God knows how many times. And the last, last time I'm aware that she tried to commit suicide, they found her on the floor screaming, my daughter hates me. So I was always the reason she tried to commit suicide. So. Wow. um, That's intense. I also believe she suffers from borderline personality disorder. Okay. Yeah. I grew up with that abuse like my entire life, like constantly. I couldn't win enough praise. No matter what I did, she would find something. And just as an example, um, during my college graduation, which I, I became a single mother at the age of 18. Oh, wow. And I had another child at 23 whose father ran off. He literally said, I'm going to go visit my uncle and never came home. So oh. who knows where he is and we really don't care. But okay. sometimes the trash takes itself out. So yes. anyway. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, 
But, you know, for the, be- the best examples, I'm sitting there. I worked myself through college. I graduated mm-hmm. cum laude. I was so proud of my accomplishment. Mm-hmm. While I was in the graduation line, my mom was going through my phone and saw a text with a boyfriend I had at the time. Oh. And at the graduation dinner, announces I'm a whore. Oh, wow. And I'm sitting here like, this is, you're supposed to be proud of me. Like, yeah. Like, I, I did it. I graduated college. Like, I'm smart. And yeah, it's like you could just never. And so, and also, my father was severely bipolar. Mm-hmm. Um, he passed when I was 18 years old. And this is actually, uh, kind of the start of an emotional week for me because the anniversary of his death is okay. the 7th. So okay. like today I was looking at pictures of him and, yeah. you know, I think. Now, a year sober, I can look at those pictures and not go and drink for the rest of the week or something, you know? Right. I can actually sit and feel those emotions and go, okay, he was very ill. It was his time. And, you know, Mm -hmm. go on. (laughs) But uh, so anyway, like I said, uh, I think part of my, so I started drinking and using, uh, really just drinking and weed and like mm-hmm. some club drugs, like ecstasy and stuff when I was about 14 years old. Okay. And so basically what happened was there was this big, like Martha's so smart. Martha's so smart. Like she's going to save us all. Like she's going to oh, wow. go to a good school and she's going to like, and my dad was very, he was, I mean, he's bipolar, which makes him like innately kind of narcissistic. And it right. was like, you know, he was projecting all of his dreams onto me. And then I had my mom telling me I'm like worthless, you know, right. <laughs> and it was so confusing. And I remember about the age of 13 or 14, my parents split. My mom goes and gets a boyfriend. Doesn't ask mm-hmm. us if we're okay with this. Do we even want this man in our lives? Right. He's just there. So about the age of 13, I realized me being smart was getting Mm -hmm. me nowhere you know I wasn't cool at school I was a dork at school my family's falling apart you know Mm -hmm. there's no my whole life was like in a tailspin right so um that's when I found alcohol and drugs and all of a sudden I was the cool kid I was the one I was the one throwing the best parties on the weekend. And, yeah, you know, ta-da. by 17, <laughs> I was selling weed and I was like the girl who had the weed. And, you know, oh. it was like, gosh, being this girl is getting me in my teenage mind. Yeah. Was getting me much further than it, than being smart ever got me. You oh, know? totally. Totally. <laughs> in your teenage mind, it's like, wow, I have like countless friends now. When I was the nerd who did academic team, I had one. Right. <laughs> I had like, one. I had, a co- I had a college boyfriend with a car and like, you know, I had everything a high school girl in Kentucky could want. You know? Right. Yeah. You were just living and, the dream. <laughs> yeah. And at that point, I was, my mom stopped paying for anything when I was about, 14 years old. So I've been, I started working full time at the age of 14. So everything I had was mine. Whoa. I was self-sufficient. Yeah. Right. That is so <laughs> uh, young. Uh, do you know, my son is 14 years old and I just yeah. look at him and it hurts sometimes because I'm like, how could my mom expect me to navigate the world at that age? Right. In her mind, 14 was grown. Wow. Like, if you were of legal age to work, you were supposed to work. Wow. And I wasn't allowed to do, I didn't have the time, and she wouldn't pay for anything. I was looking right. at the last picture I have of me and my father, and it was on my graduation from high school. And I look at it, and I had shoplifted the dress I was wearing to my high school graduation. Because my mom didn't want to spend the money and said I had plenty of clothes. Oh. 
And you're just Oh my like, God. <laughs> so I got all of my support. And this mm-hmm. is the positive part. I had a lot of friends who had mm-hmm. great parents. And like my high school boyfriend, I was with him like all through high school. His family is still my family. His mom was like my surrogate mother. That's so and nice. And I think, and I think, and so many of my friends have, like pretty much everyone I hung out with ended up going to jail, uh, didn't go to college. Oh, wow. Um, you know, you know, I know I have two kids out of wedlock, right? My second one was planned and stuffed, but I have, right. I, I have so many friends who, have gone down these roads that would have been so easy for me to go down. And I realized like one of my best friends and one of the girls that really got me through, like, and her mother was my mother. I call her mother, mom. <laughs> um, she ended up a heroin addict. And when oh, wow. I found out about that, I just cried for days because this, I was like, how did that happen to Jenny? Yeah. Like, how did that happen to her? And I remember I called her mom and her mom was like, you know, she just kept hanging out with these loser people. And I remember when we were in high school, she uh-huh. would have, she was beautiful. She was so pretty. Mm-hmm. The most popular guys would be after her and she would pick the scuzziest scumbag there was. And I would be like, really? Why? Yeah. Like it turns out her father was an alcoholic. So okay. maybe she was, and she was also a very, bleeding heart open soul kind of person okay. so she probably thought she could fix everybody but i right. just know it broke my heart to find out that like she was in a rehab facility and stuff and it was like of all of my friends i thought she was going to do the greatest things right and it hurts when you see people close to you mm-hmm. and they don't see their own self-worth oh my gosh isn't that the hardest it, it, like you just I mean, want to shake just, them. You're going to be like, oh my God, yeah. you are gorgeous and giving and loving and so yeah. worth everything in the world. And you're yeah. freaking putting a needle in your arm. Yes. Like, totally. Totally. You know? Yeah. And for her, and what was crazy was her mother was actually a really good mom. Yeah. She was my mom, you know? Right. And I'm like, if it can mm-hmm. happen to her, it can happen to anybody. I mean, that's yeah. just all I could think. And I was like, but my saving graces were I always gravitated towards role models mm-hmm. that kind of, that there were tons of teachers and friends, parents and stuff who saw my potential. Mm-hmm. And that was, even though I was drinking every weekend and I drank at school and I did all that stuff, my saving grace and why I kept on was there was no shortage of people outside of my family telling me I was worthy. Right. So wow. when I hear about these programs for early intervention and stuff like that, I think especially with women and with young girls, Knowing yeah. your worth is so important because I'll tell you this crazy story. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So I go off to college. I've broke up with my boyfriend. I know nobody. Okay. And I'm thinking it's going to be like friggin' like female animal house or something. You know, I'm just going <laughs> to like walk in and it's just going to be one big party. Nope. <laughs> every girl in the dorm hated me. <laughs> Oh my God. I would, yeah. Well, I was like, what I didn't realize was that it was a co-ed dorm. Okay. That, um, most, all of the girls that lived in the dorms were on scholarship. Well, that okay. was all softball, soccer, softball and soccer girls. Okay. I was there on an art scholarship. Okay. So let's just say they were not as petite as I. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, I weighed 105 pounds soaking wet. I mean, I okay. was, I was, yeah, and I'm, you're a little also girl. So in, in high school, I beat up a girl and, uh, I didn't realize her sister was the head of the softball team. Oh, shit. 
<laughs> I walked into a shit storm. Like, yeah. it was bad. <laughs> you literally, you had a target on your back uh, just walking in there. Like, the day, the day I got my stuff sorted in my dorm room, like, half the girls softball team came to warn me they were going to kick my ass at some point. And I'm like, oh, oh God. Oh. Well, at least they gave <laughs> you a warning. I did not realize. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is polite. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thanks for the heads up, guys. Um, yeah. I'll watch my back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for the first time in my life, I was, uh, you know, uh, I wasn't protected. Because I had okay. always had my boyfriend. I had always had my friends. I didn't know anyone. And right. none of these people liked me. They were horrible. The only people I hung out were the, with were the Cypriot kids. I love people from Cyprus. They are so much fun. They are so okay. my people. But, okay. um, <laughs> and this whole first semester I'm at school, my dad is terminally ill. I'm constantly right. leaving because I became his legal caregiver at the age of 18. So oh, I had wow. to sign all the papers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so the stress of all that. And so I'm drinking. I ended up, one of the girls convinced me to do an amateur night at a strip club. And I okay. won. And I won like $1,000. And it was like, I never wow. have any money. This is awesome. Yeah. So I started... <laughs> I start dancing and uh -huh. then of course like my mom catches wind of this and, so, and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm just awful. But really? Right. Like all I worked at a place that didn't even have back rooms or anything. Like you're all you're doing was like lap dances. Like there was nothing horrible about it. I right. felt safer there than I did at the dorm. Wow. So then, that's um, huge. While I was at the dorm, did you like? Good. Did you like dancing? I loved it. I thought it was so yeah. liberating. And um, for me, I didn't have the healthiest body image. Like okay. I was always comparing myself to my friends because I don't have big boobs. I was like, I don't have any boobs. I don't have. I'm like, you know, I have yeah. no curves. I'm like, you know. I'm a hundred pounds, you know? Right. And I started dancing. And I also, my high school boyfriend, there were some abusive tendencies there and stuff. I have a scar from where he slammed my head into a steering wheel. It was not a healthy relationship. Oh my but, gosh. But, um, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh my God, I'm not ugly. Cause my yeah. mom called me Bucky and bubble butt my whole life. Aww. And my mom would say I was, I was vain because every time I looked in a mirror, she'd be like, you can't pass a mirror and not look at yourself. I'm like, oh my God. That's what you're supposed hair. to do. Yeah. It's a mirror. I, I'm like, it's a mirror. You <laughs> like, hung it in the middle of the do. living room. You yeah. hung <laughs> it in the middle of the living room. Like I walk in the door and there's a mirror. I might want to just check my hair. She yeah. still says that because I'll walk because in New York, I live in New York City. You can mm -hmm. see yourself in the reflection of the windows and yeah. I'll check, but that has saved myself so many times. Like I'll be walking and look over in the thing and realize like my dress is rolled up <laughs> or I got something stuck to my shoe, you know, like, yeah. it's not a vanity thing. It's so no. like, am I still okay? So anyway, and who cares if it is like you're hot, yeah. you can check yourself out. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I stare at myself <laughs> in the mirror all the time. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I, well, that did not, me dancing did not go over well at the dorm. Okay. So all of a sudden I became a target for, uh, basically sexual assault. Oh. None of the girls liked me. Nobody wanted to be around me. Some of the guys would hang out with me. And so what happened? Towards the end, I did get my first DUI that semester. Okay. But, uh, I believe it was after, it was after, I basically, I was gang raped by the baseball team. Oh my gosh. And, um, they had to have drugged me because yeah. like I was a heavy drinker. Like I could drink football players under the table. 
Right. And I'm, I'm from Kentucky. We drink bourbon and whiskey and stuff. Like when I, what happened was I was drinking with the guys. I entered the room. I brought a, I had like a fifth of Malibu rum or something with me. Mm-hmm. It, it was a Malibu rum, but it's like a fifth. And, um, we mixed it up in a blender with like some juice. Um, I have two memories from that night. One okay. being them like agging a guy on to have sex with me. Like kind of okay. like being like, he, he, like, you're not a man or something like that. Like, and okay. the second memory is them slamming my face into a bookshelf. So I wake up the next morning in bed, butt naked with one of the baseball players and my hair's wet. I oh. don't know why my hair's wet. Yeah. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, what in the hell? But because the girls didn't like me, the girls left the room when I came in. It turns uh-huh. out they paraded me naked around the dorm. Oh, showered my God. me, showered me while the entire girls softball team watched and laughed at me. What? And then took me to the roof. I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally, and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. Wow. So I immediately go home for the weekend, which was stupid. In retrospect, Mm -hmm. I should have went to another adult I trusted, but I Mm -hmm. go home and the first thing my mom does is make fun of my thongs and say this is calls them whore clothes. Oh my and gosh. And I'm like I can't do anything. And yeah. that was the first and to backtrack a little bit, I was raped when I was 13. I told okay. my mother, I told my mom, didn't yeah. even give me a hug or anything, left the room. And then when I turned 14, oh. she threw my cake at me. Because she found out I had had sex with my high school boyfriend. So she threw my cake at me. Uh, wow. Then um, the woman still won't take responsibility for not protecting me as a child, but whatever. Yeah. Anyway, um, but that this particular assault was the most devastating to me. Because yeah. I had a guy trying to get into my room at one point, and mm-hmm. I reported it to the school, and the school told me to write a three-page paper on how I could prevent situations like that. What? So I knew, yeah. What? Yeah. And how I told them they could sense? take that paper and shove it up their ass. Yeah. Because they found out I had been drinking that night. But why would my so drinking what? equal that guy coming into my room? What had happened was I had a girlfriend of mine's keys in my purse who didn't go to the school and visitor hours end at a certain time. And okay. she said, can I send Dimitri or something, whatever, some guy I knew right, up to grab the keys. I said, well, I have an 8 a.m. class, so I'll just put them on my desk. Just have them grab them. Well, next uh-huh. thing I know, I wake up to a guy on top of me and he's like, have sex with me or I'll tell everybody that you did. Like, kind of like, if you do it, I won't say anything. If you don't, right. I'll tell everybody and they'll believe me. I start screaming. I run out in the hallway, butt naked, not butt naked. I had on like a thong and a tank top beating right. on all the doors. And I'm like, this man's trying to rape me. Oh, he my was an God. international student. They did not. Nothing happened to him, 
except for he wasn't allowed to come on my floor anymore. I got my visitor privileges revoked. I got reprimanded for drinking, and I was told to write a paper on how I could have prevented the situation. Wow. I got in more trouble than the guy. Right. That is insane. Yeah. So shortly after that happened, my drinking increased significantly. Um, I started failing out of all my classes. Um, I had a, a friend of mine, she kept saying, you should try crystal, like do crystal with me. This is how naive I was. I did oh, not know no. it was meth. Oh, Jesus. I, like, she was, she was buying oh, it no. at raves. She yeah. was buying it at raves. So I thought it was like doing ecstasy, you know, like, I was, right, right, right. and I just remember being so down and what had happened was mm-hmm. I was working, I was showing up to the club to work seven days a week. And I would be there from 5 p.m. till we closed at 2 in the morning. And I oh. remember the manager being like, I wish we had more girls like Martha, you know, like she's here yeah. working. They didn't realize I didn't want to be at my dorm. I had no safe place to go. The club was the safest place I knew. Wow. Because if oh. anybody tried to touch me, yeah. Then they would get thrown out. But in right. my dorm, I was scared to sleep. So wow. I'm so emotionally distraught. Also, at this time, my dad is dying. He's right. Also, um, he died of renal failure. And okay. re- renal failure actually affects your mental state and makes you go crazy. Okay. So he's calling me. With delusions and saying if I would do better, he wouldn't be dying. Oh, Jesus. So I just have like hell going on. Yeah. And um, I finally go to my friend. I was like, hey, I want to try some of that crystal. I tried to write a term paper on meth. Like while I was on meth, I wrote 27 pages of garbage, you know. (laughs) I can't even turn this in. And then, like, I yeah. had to do, I was an art major, so I had to do my art portfolio. And I'm talking about some fucked up sketches. I was like, this stuff's all trash. But, um, <laughs> I was just, I was a nightmare. But I, yeah. I went, and I went to the, for the first time, I went to the dope dealer's house. And I okay. saw all the methed out people. I don't know if you remember the movie Spun. It came out in, like, with John Leguizamo and everything. And it was like spun, you okay. know, like the, there's one guy all paranoid and there's somebody over here. And I'm like, Oh my like God. All tweaking. I'm like, yeah, everybody's tweaking. And I'm like there to buy drugs. And I'm like, Oh my God, Martha, you're an idiot. Wait. Like you're a freaking yeah. idiot. I was like, you're, you're smart. You have a college scholarship. Oh God. And I just like left. And I go back to my dorm and I say to one of my girlfriends, I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And she was like, okay, I'm going home for the weekend. And uh, she was from Eastern Kentucky where they have a really bad math problem. So she knew what to do. She came back with a couple sleeping pills. She said, here, take these. I took the sleeping pills, slept for two days, woke up and never touched it again. So my foray into drug use at that point was like, whoa, drugs bad, you know? Yeah. 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 Definitely. Was still, alcohol was still acceptable. So Mm -hmm. I go and then my father dies. I go home. I get pregnant, have my son. You know, I'm trying to cope with being a single parent at the age of like 18, 19 years old. Um, there was no coping on my father's death. No coping. Like there was nothing. It was just kind of like, hello, world, you know? Yeah. um, (laughs) Here you go. Raise a child. Be normal. It's like, what the hell? And I did my damnedest, you know? (laughs) I know. Like, to me, normal was chaos. Yeah. I was born into chaos. And I would pick chaotic relationships and you know, abusive men. And I mean, it was just a mess. And I was mm. a mess. And it was like, 
I, I, and you're so blind to your own stupidity, you know, but that's being in your twenties, right? That's, that's being yeah. young, <laughs> you know, this is like well, and 24. Um, <laughs> right. I mean, and you have like some major yeah. shit going on. Like you have some super traumatic situations. Yeah. Where I, and I yeah. mean, I couldn't even, I was so unaware of my rights. To report mm-hmm. that rape mm-hmm. and sue the school. Like now That's... I feel that they educate girls more. But 10 years ago, no. Yeah. All they told you was watch your cup at a party. Yeah. Well, That's there's a bigger danger insane. than just your cup. You yeah. know, they would be like travel in pairs. I'm like, why do we as women have why? to so travel they can, in herds? So you can rape. Yeah, you can get raped in pairs. <laughs> we can get pairs? raped together. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Jesus and if your friend's drunk, is she really? So now you're putting the responsibility on another girl to watch you. And I mean, I got drugged once at a club in college, and the girl I was with just propped me in the corner. Yeah. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com ASGG today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash ASGG. Like, it's, just that's, it's, it's just yeah it's just crazy and it's like how about you just stop drugging people picked me up and take it taking me out of that place right um but, so anyway. but you know it's your fault for showing up to that place yeah like, what i shouldn't have been drinking what the fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah. and i no one so yeah, was, that's insane well then i continued on to get four duis Ooh. And so nobody would Whoops. look at me and think that I have ever been to jail. I right. did 90 days. Um, but I, they let me leave to go to school and stuff since I was in college. But I mean, that DUI probably cost me about 30 grand by the time it was all done. And, uh, yeah. so anyway, so then my son's dad leaves. I'm like, you know what? I can't take this shit anymore. I can't take this town. I can't take Owensboro. I like, I can't, I can't live here. And mm-hmm. I had taken a spring break trip to New York and it was everything. I mean, it was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, there's smart people for me to talk to. And there's so many jobs and everything is here. Like, yeah. this is like my people. A whole new world. And I, <laughs> I just felt like I had been stumbling through life and I was, oh, there's a city of opportunity. It was like I found Oz, you know? Yeah, and I, totally. And so I just pack up and move to New York. Well, I move here mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, three months before the crash. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Oh no. So I walk into the land of plenty and then three yeah. months later it's a shit storm here. Yeah. At that point I had met a man that I had actually met on the airplane when I was moving here. So I moved in oh. with him. Okay. And uh and I thought I had my Julia Roberts 
you know, white knight moment. Like this financier is taking me and he is gonna, <laughs> my life is going to be grand. And then we moved into an apartment on Central Park West. Oh, and I have damn. my children. I have my children. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm a Lululemon mom. I'm freaking, <gasps> I'm taking them to school. I'm yeah. like just hanging out in Central Park. You're killing the, the game. Yeah. You would think, except for the fact that he was beating the shit out of me every night. Oh, no. There's another stigma that domestic violence only happens to people who are drug addicts or like, you know, the drunk guy and the wife beater in the trailer. Domestic violence knows no socioeconomic bounds. Oh, yes. And I went to hospitals beat up. I went to, I called hotlines. I went to the um, domestic violence center here in New York. They laughed mm-hmm. me out and called me poor little rich girl. <gasps> I went to what? a domestic violence counselor that told me unless I was willing to give up my lifestyle, I should ask my doctor for Valium. That's it? Yeah. That's it. Okay. No one would help me with housing. So I stayed until he gave me, cause he used to threaten me. He'd be like, Oh, mm-hmm. I would pay to get you out of my life. I'm like, okay, Perfect. pony up. Yeah. Pony up. <laughs> so I said there, I kept Let taking my beatings. He kept saying, I would pay to get you out of my life. Pony up. Okay. Do it. Yeah. So he gives me, he's like, do you want it in stocks or do you want it in cash? I said, I want the stocks. So I day trade. Well, okay. you know, th- not even six weeks after giving me that money, he's trying to friggin' see me because oh, narcissists God. go nowhere. <laughs> yeah. They go nowhere. So anyway, so then I'm t- I two kids. I'm a victim of domestic violence. I have this, all this shit from my life and half of it, if half of it could have been Dealt with better, treated better. Someone should have noticed, you know? Like, why mm-hmm. didn't the court system at four DUIs go, there's got to be something here? Yeah. Instead of just taking my money to get house arrest, mm-hmm. why didn't they be like, there's something here? Even my attorney goes, I have to ask you, don't you think you have a drinking problem? <laughs> and I was just like, He's like, I love taking your money and all, but like, yeah, you got four, man. (laughs) (laughs) You may want to think on that. But um, one of the things (laughs) was the guy that I moved in with didn't drink at the time. And I always Mm. envisioned meeting a man who didn't drink because I was raised Southern Baptist. And to me, a good man didn't drink. Yeah. And I love that he didn't drink. And he was so happy because, you know, people, women wouldn't date him because he didn't drink, you know? And I was the one that was like, oh, I don't care. I think that's pretty cool, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But did you see the movie uh, Girl on a Train? Uh, I don't know. I don't. It has that really pretty British actress with nice lips. Anyway, Hmm. so on Girl on the Train, that her husband would get her to drink to excess and then mm. she would wake up like beat up or hand cut or, you know, whatever, not yeah. knowing what happened. And he would be like, you made an ass of yourself at the party last night and you came after me and you tried to hit me and all this stuff. Oh God. And then she finds out later, like he's the monster. Right, that right, right, was right. my life because wow. he would vicariously drink through me. Right. He would, we would, he would have me go out with him when he would see clients. Okay. And then he liked the fact that me drinking covered up his not drinking because mm. he was ashamed of the fact he did not drink. Right. And I remember being, and but then he would use it against me and call me an alcoholic, and I'm like, I could go without alcohol. 
alcohol. I don't like, I just want to raise babies. <laughs> and not I just want to go to weird. Trader Joe's and go to yoga and like, that's my yeah. dream life. I just, but all these things would happen. And the next day he would tell me these wild stories. Like, you know, I, I did this to cause this and do this. And like, you know, he, even, it was such a mess. It was such a mind fuck. And so I leave him. I start dancing again because I'm like, how, how am I going to make money? And there's good money in it in New York, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But New York's very different than Kentucky. You basically have to have a drug problem in order oh. to work here. Because the guys okay. here do not go, <laughs> the guys here do not go to strip clubs to, uh, get dances or anything. They just want somewhere to do coke. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and they, they pay top what? dollar for it. Uh, so they go back in the back room and just blow rails all the time. And, uh, but I walked away from coke. Much like I walked away from like that two week mess thing. I just yeah. changed jobs. You know, didn't talk okay. to those people anymore. You know, right. like it. So for me to get to the point to say I have a problem with alcohol was difficult because I had walked away from so many things. When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare, and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. Right. Like when I was yeah. 20, I just stopped smoking weed and I just wasn't a weed smoker anymore. Right. So I'm sitting here, you know, and I think that's when you go into like drug of choice because I was not a multiple drug user. Mm-hmm. And you hear of people who like are like, oh, I did heroin, but then I did meth so I could wake up. And like, I'm like, I like I've never been into pills. Yeah. You know, like, so I think the stigma of actually saying I'm an alcoholic or I'm a problem drinker was much harder for me to get to because I'd walked away from so much. Right. And much like harder things, (laughs) much more intense. Yeah. Like it's just alcohol, but it's alcohol is super strong and has such a grip on you. I am just to the point where it's like alcohol and people who are really drunk just piss me off. <laughs> like, oh, like, absolutely. I can't, <laughs> I can't be around you. Oh. I don't want to be around anyone after they, after they've had two drinks. And I was on a podcast, not a sober related podcast, but like kind of this Howard Sterney podcast. Uh-huh. And there was a guy on there who had been sober for 10 years. And, uh, I told him I, we were talking about how it's difficult to be in a bar and all this stuff. And I yeah. told him about my two drink limit. And he goes, but when you drank that third one was the best one. I go, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my advice, <laughs> my advice to like a lot of people who are like, Oh my God, how am I going to handle this party? How am I going to handle New Year's? How am I going to handle? I'm like, hun, 
No one remembers anything after the third drink. Set a two-drink limit, Irish yeah. exit, and I promise they won't miss you. Because yeah. they're not going to remember it anyway. Everyone's too like, wrapped think, up in their own shit. Like, no one... I everyone's know. so into their own shit, no one knows you're even there. <laughs> right. And, I, <laughs> they're not, and not to sound... Wait. Not to sound insensitive, but... It's just, it is what it is. Everyone's very concerned with themselves. Yeah. yeah. Um, so life story. So I end up getting reinvolved with the guy that was abusive. He mm-hmm. ends up basically keeping me as kept woman on the Upper West Side. Okay. While he lives with another girl. He then tells me, wow. I am not. He keeps saying, I'm not marriage material. That's why we're not together. And this girl, you know, all this, just, oh my God. Eventually she finds out about us. <laughs> and it was because he, oh, he started drinking again. And when he started drinking again, I realized yeah. why he didn't drink in the first place. <laughs> like, <I was laughs> so then it was just. There started this like spiral of me just trying to like hold on. I didn't want to dance again because at mm-hmm. this point I hadn't danced for a while. So then I got into marketing. I well, I left dancing to do work at Penthouse Magazine. So okay. I went to Penthouse Magazine and I did event marketing there. So oh, cool. that's why. <laughs> That's where I learned everything about events. And so that's perfect. With, and so now I'm doing the Recover Out Loud events. Okay. And I'm, one of the things is people are always like, why don't you become a sober coach? Why don't you become this? Why don't you do that? And I'm like, yeah. my passion is events. I love getting yeah. people together. I love celebrating. Like, yeah. I'm sober, not dead is like my thing. I'm like... That's I'm so awesome. I want to spread the fun. I want to exactly. spread the fun. Like, yeah. the pictures. I'll have to send you a link to the pictures from the event. But okay. everybody's smiling the whole time. Nobody's, I mean, it's an alcohol-free event. Yeah. Everyone's having a blast. Like, you can just tell. It's like ear-to-ear smiles. Nobody's yeah. stumbling drunk. Nobody's puking. No one's fighting. It's just... Sober people loving life. That's so awesome. <laughs> and I That's can't so great. say I had those nights when I was drinking. Like right. when I was drinking, it was always drama. Yeah. So much drama. And I think maybe some people miss that drama and need yeah. that drama. But I, I'm very happy to have it out of my life. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesus, you've had like three lifetimes of drama. I know. And like, I'm always like, I've got an, I've had enough. Yeah. And I, so anyway, I went, I tried not to dance again and stuff. And so I went mm-hmm. into marketing and then I started marketing strip pubs and running, um, marketing teams, which cool. literally meant getting paid to go out. So I was getting okay. money to go to the best restaurants and bars in Manhattan mm-hmm. to, you know, look for customers and market the strip clubs. Okay. So there I am freaking being paid to party. Like, yeah. how, <laughs> like, when you realize you're so good at partying, people pay you for it. You're like, oh, yeah. wow, that's an incentive. Well, then, of <laughs> course, like all parties. Like all parties that had to end, and there I am still drinking. Yeah. So it's kind of like when people ask me about why I quit drinking, I'm a little like the party was over. Yeah. Party's done. Yeah. Why can't we just say that as a people? Why can't you just go, you know what? The party was over. Yeah. And I remember I said to somebody, I was like, I kind of realized if I didn't get my shit together before 35, I was probably doomed. Mm. And yeah. I, I, I realize now I can't stop at two drinks. Yeah. Maybe in 20 years I'll be able to. Who knows? But you know yeah. what? That's not a risk I'm worth taking. You know, it's not a risk yeah. worth taking to make. 
Because exactly. for all that I gained, I'm not going to lose it over a drink. Absolutely. So I don't feel it's necessarily you have to label yourself an alcoholic. Um, I was definitely a problem drinker. I mm-hmm. think that my alcohol consumption kind of went up and down. Yeah. Based on life events and things like that. Oh, um, absolutely. But- like, come on. I mean, yeah, I don't encourage was- drinking, but if anyone deserved to drink, I know. I'm sorry, it's you. <laughs> That's a, a friend of mine wrote uh, a post, she, or my cousin actually wrote a post, and she goes, I know that no one would have ever faulted you for a, having a drink. You've been through so much. Right. So that's why she goes, that's why I think it's extra special that you don't. Oh, because that's I, so I don't sweet. Under, yeah. Even my ex-boyfriend did this. Um, you know, I'm trying to get sober and my kids left for Christmas. And the first thing he did was take me out drinking. And I'm like, maybe I just want to quiet. Want to be a little sad. I want quiet. Like, yeah. people think you fix people's moods by taking them out for drinks. That's not how you help a sad person. It's like no. giving them sad juice. Like, come up with better <laughs> ways to help a friend, you know? Buy me a pair of Louis. I don't care. Like, yeah. do anything but buy me a drink. Yes. Take, it. Take me down oh. the street. I need some new shoes. New shoes will cure me up. <laughs> And isn't yes. it funny that guys would rather drop like two, three hundred dollars on a bar bill than buy you a pair of shoes? Yeah. That what I'm is like, that? That used to blow my mind. <laughs> and I'm not hard up for a dinner. I can eat Subway and be happy. Like how yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, yes. Get a clue. Totally. Oh my god. And I, but what got me sober in the end. Mm-hmm. So I I messed up. I messed up bad. November two years ago, mm-hmm. I went to the gym really early in the morning. Worked out hardcore. Then I went on an online date. It was really creepy date. The guy set off my PTSD really really bad. You ever had a guy so creepy you feel like you need a shower? Yep. It was that kind of guy. Okay. So then I go I go <laughs> over. To the bar across the street because I'm hungry. Okay. And so I'm starving to death. I go up to this bar, like this restaurant bar with every intention of getting food. And okay. these guys go, you look like you're really like, what happened? And I'm like, I just need a shower. I was like, I just went on the worst date ever. <laughs> and, uh, they were like, here, take a shot. So I did a shot and then I had a drink and then I forgot to eat and I just kept drinking. Uh-oh. And, uh, yeah. And then my oldest son, it was Friday. My youngest son had Boy Scouts. Mm-hmm. My oldest son was supposed to go to Boy Scouts, but he decided he was not going to go. So then he messages me. Like, mom, I'm sick. I'm not going to pick him up. I'm like, you shitting me? Uh-oh. I'm like, okay. So then I'm like, I'm by Boy Scouts. I'll just stay where I'm at. Uh-huh. I tried eating some bread to sober up, you know. I yeah. realized what was going on. I picked my son up from Boy Scouts. I'm hammered. Oh, shit. And mind you, this was not a normal occurrence. I was not... You know, this was kind of like nothing went right that day. Mm-hmm. And I pick up my son and I'm walking home and I stumble on a curb and there's an undercover cop there. <gasps> and then all of a sudden they call social services. We found her intoxicated, blah, blah, blah. My friend, come, my friend lived two blocks away and came in like, they were like, we're not letting you go until another adult like comes here. And I, so anyway, I made it home and stuff. But what was really strange was by the time ACS got here, like two hours later, I was fine. Yeah. And I was trying to explain to them that I hadn't ate all day and I think my blood sugar plummeted. And they were like, oh, she's making it. I'm like, it was a weird looking day. 
But the truth is, it was such a blessing in disguise in so many ways because I needed to quit drinking. But that's also when I started to experience how broken the system is. Mm. Because they were making me go to programs and groups that were like, they made me do an outpatient rehab with like felons. What? And I'm sitting in a, I'm sitting in a room with mostly men. And like one of them is justifying beating his wife. And I left the room and they got mad at me. I said, I'm not going to sit in there and listen to a wife beater. Right. I was like, that's crazy. Why, like this, how am I supposed to get better here? Right. And so, um, when I first, so I'm trying to quit drinking. Well, then get this, my kids go away for the summer. I'm by myself. I run into the cokehead banker. Oh no. On my street, on my street, we end up coming up to my house and we did a bunch of coke. Lo and behold, they call me the next day to come drug test. Oh. And this is the first time I've done coke in like six years. So I'm like, oh, oh my god. My god. So then no. they go, we're going to take your children. Oh, I'm like, my kids aren't even in my care. They're right. like, but you violated the order. I'm like, oh my god. So then they say, but you could yeah. have a family member move in with you. My mom comes to live with me. Oh, Jesus. So what? then my mom starts trying to Didn't take you move my away children. to escape all these people? Yes! <laughs> and they bring her here. <laughs> and just... I'm trying to tell them this is a horrible idea. Like, yeah. you have no idea. This woman's a monster. And they're right. like, oh, well, that it's either that or they go to foster care. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, so then my, my mom God. comes up. Well, of course, my mom is calling the attorneys all the time, telling them I'm drinking. She's taking mm-hmm. videos of me. She's doing all this stuff. She's making my life wow. a living hell. Yeah. And I come to find out my mom is trying to take my children. And we go to court. And ACS oh. is saying that my kids need to go to Kentucky. And I broke down. And the judge was like, could you, you know, kind of elaborate on why you're mm-hmm. upset? And I go. And I just very succinctly said, I am the product of an abusive and uh, like a abusive home. And I cannot let you guys send my children to be in that same home. And the woman goes, could you elaborate? And I just said, you know, here's three examples of what she did to me. And the judge looked at ACS and goes, I think you guys have lost sight that Miss Duke is the mother of these children and your constant appeals to have them taken from her custody. I am never going to grant. Wow. And I was just like, Oh, thank you. Thank God. And um, That was when I was truly able to start my recovery Mm because I have gone my whole life with no one listening to me. Yeah. It was like one failed system after another. Yeah. So what I do now, you know, I, um, I'll sometimes post on Instagram, are you zero to six months sober and need people to talk to? Mm-hmm. And I'll get, you know, 20 responses and I'll put them all in a group. I'll be like, hey, these are your tribe. These are your friends now. Yeah. If you're having a bad day, talk to these guys. Yeah. Don't pick up, you know? Yeah. Cause it's so, I, I think it's so much harder for women to get what they need, especially single mothers, people yeah. who have PTSD that may not be able to handle a group setting. Yes. I mean, I found the groups more triggering than they ever were helpful. I can't even tell you one good thing I got out of a group. Yeah. And I know people are going to be very mad at me for saying that, but whatever. I don't oh, fuck. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever gets you sober. I'm just about sober, happy people. 
what piece of advice would you give to someone listening to this podcast who is thinking about getting sober or struggling to get sober? Uh, what piece of advice would you give to them? And I know that for some people, you know, I've, okay. I've had people reach out to me and they're like, I just drank a bottle of wine. And I didn't want to. I said, well, you made the mm-hmm. first step. You reached out because hiding in the shadows, hiding your right. problems. I'm not saying put them all out there for everybody to see, but you know, maybe find a little Instagram group, find a sober friend. Right. Um, you know, if AA is your thing, do AA. I don't care. Yeah. Just make sure you stay clean, but reach out for help because this community, yeah. this sober community can only function if we all help each other out. And someone who is truly in recovery will have five yes. minutes to hear you out. Absolutely. Oh my God. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Like, oh, thank you. That was incredible. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Thank you so, so much. That was so great. Wow. What an amazing story. How incredible is Martha? So strong and brave. And I love how upbeat she is. She has such a positive personality. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. Couldn't do this without you. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment. Love hearing your feedback. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook at A Sober Girls Guide. And check out the blog at asobergirlsguide.com. You don't want to miss it. Have a great day.